Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. Welcome to the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguiar Durañona. Today's podcast is not a podcast, at least not as you, the listener, are used to every Tuesday. Today, we are bringing to you the latest event of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation as a podcast. Let me tell you what you are about to hear. Giraffe Heroes Foundation founder Tom Amat is going to welcome you with the notion of what makes the work of this foundation. Afterwards, you're going to get an idea about the latest nominations, some insights about the people you got the chance to get to know better in this podcast in the weeks to come. As a key outcome of this event, there was an exclusive concert offered by Organe Sarustamov, one of our latest commended Giraffe Heroes and Fuko Ishii. If you'd like to listen to this concert, I kindly invite you, after listening to this podcast of course, to just go to our YouTube channel, which you also find in our show notes, to lean back and enjoy this special interpretation. Okay, good evening everybody, all dear friends, <laughs> welcome here. Um, so we're going to have some programs tonight. So one, of, okay, before we talk about tonight's program, which is parallelly is this garden exhibition of Japanese porcelains, which is from the middle of 19th century. And then today the next program will be that Thomas would like to elaborate a bit more on the giraffing. Uh, <laughs> we didn't really like the giraffe heroes, <laughs> uh, but giraffing we like, so maybe it's more appropriate to everybody's uh, um, imagination or understanding. So in this case, Thomas would like to give a bit more thought or together with everybody. So that's going to be the next thing. And then afterwards is our great musicians is going to give us a concert, so we're looking forward to it. <laughs> and then afterwards... Organis would like to talk about his idea what a music education is meant to be or supposed to be or should be and how he plans to do about it or make a change. Okay, so now let's have Thomas to talk about the giraffe <laughs> or the giraffing. <laughs> Actually, I call this thoughts from India. The reason is that we have a giraffing personality. I had nominated Dilip Simeon four years ago. And Dilip is a professor at Delhi University for philosophy, politics, and social science. And he is an extraordinarily determined, clear, and thinker of great integrity. You might have realized that I have called our blog Staying the Course, subtitle Truth and Independence. Now, how do you do that? How do you stay the course? How can you stay independent? What is the truth? These are things Dilip encircles in his thinking with an extraordinary clarity. And he puts beautiful quotes to it, quotes which he is changing regularly 
and the present quotes start like this or these, it's a puzzling thing. The truth knocks at the door and you say, go away. I'm looking for the truth. That's Rudolf Pirsig, the guy who wrote Zen and the Art to service a motorbiker. But it is an excellent parable how in today's discourse people are so occupied with what they believe the truth is so much after something which they want and just they want that the truth is that when the truth comes knocking at the door you say don't disturb me go away and it goes away yeah and then there are such who consider it virtuous to say virtue is important but at the bottom they only think the police is important Friedrich Nietzsche so and all these virtue apostles of old and more and more emerging totalitarian regimes they all tell you how important their virtue is how they are only doing things for the common good in the best interest of their citizens but they mainly use the police to make you really follow their ideals which are again ideals of an empty character so here we go in 1968 at the walls of Paris that probably greatest uprising of the last century there was one key slogan which said don't change your mind there is a fault with reality now that's radical but it seems we live in radical times the reality we are meant to believe in has nothing to do anymore with this life and so Dilip goes on and quotes Feuerbach again a hundred years earlier and Feuerbach says something along the, along the line that in our age the real is exchanged by the duplicate the appearance is preferred to the essence and the illusion is made sacred and the profane reigns so that in the end what truly sacred is becomes profane because the people can't understand it and the illusion is what is held to be the most sacred and then from there for example Dilip analyzes the government under Moody in India I don't want to go into that he then has another excellent quote which I would like to read to you because it is so excellent is again from 1967 and Guy Debord who explains that whole thing what is going on today and he is writing in 67 right under the title of the spectacle everything has to be spectacular and 
that spectacle becomes the dominant guardian of society. Society of the spectacle. In societies where modern conditions prevail, all of life presents itself as an immense accumulation of spectacles. Everything that was directly lived has moved away into a representation, like a specter, representation. The images detached from every aspect of life fuse in a common stream in which the unity of life can no longer be re-established. Reality considered partially unfolds in its own general unity as a pseudo-world apart and object of mere contemplation. The specialization of images of the world is completed in the world of the autonomous image where the liar has lied to him himself. Okay, we can easily think of the last American government where the fake news was established as a truth against the news and to do that the liar had to lie to himself. The spectacle in general as a concrete inversion of life is the autonomous movement of the non-living. That way of course you are completely detached from life therefore you are actually in a dead end. The society which rests on modern industry is not accidentally or superficially spectacular, it is fundamentally specialist. In the spectacle, which is the image of the ruling economy, the goal is nothing, development is everything. The spectacle aims at nothing other than itself. The spectacle is the existing order's uninterrupted discourse about itself, its laudatory monologue. It is a self-portrait of power in the epoch of its totalitarian management of the conditions of existence. The fetishistic, purely objective appearance of spectacular relations conceals the fact that there are relations among men and classes. A second nature, with its fatal laws, seems to dominate our environment. Uh, sorry, it's very theoretic or intellectual, but it's absolutely the case that over the last 18 months or so, we increasingly live in a detached mood of existence. And you only need to look at the psychiatric wards of the hospitals or the work of the psychologists to see what that means for the people who are actually forgotten in this spectacle. Though separated from what they produce, people nevertheless produce every detail of their world with ever-increasing power. They thus also find themselves increasingly separated from that world. The closer their life comes to be their own creation, the more they are excluded from that life. So the reason why I'm going into this is because I wanted to share with you our difficulty to actually give real guidelines for what a giraffing personality should be. Apparently the Americans use the simple word giraffe hero, which however, if you go into the matter of that thing, is rather counterproductive than helpful. 
because heroes you see on television and what you see on television mostly is exactly what is not heroic. You know what I mean. So what we try to do is to find that fine line where we say, look, first of all, you have to understand something about the truth. So I go back to Persich, right? The truth is knocking at the door, puzzling. And you don't send it away, please. And to do so, we gave our blog the name, Staying the Course, Truth and Independence. And to realize that when nominating people, we said one principle must be that everyone whom we nominate somehow has to have a close relation to the one who is nominating him. Of course, it's best if you know her or him personally, but it's also fair enough if you really dive into that life and thinking of that given person. For example, Dilip Simeon, in the beginning, before I came to know him personally, I only knew his blog. But then I read his biography and I figured what the man has done. I mean, he's an outstanding, he's one of the living most outstanding teachers and academics in India, I guess, but he's also a really courageous person of social justice. When the gardeners of his university in the 19th were somehow embroiled in a fight with the dean of the university who then subsequently wanted to fire them unjustifiedly, Dilip sat on the front of the residence of the dean and did a hunger strike until that decision was actually repealed. However, the result was that afterwards, someone sent the thugs after him who beat him up, so he had to be hospitalized for one week or two or longer. So that didn't change his course. Right? So we have received a lot of nominations over the last two months. Uh, I read you the list, or maybe I don't do that, because these nominations are in all fields, medical, legal, uh, political, media, but they consist of names. These names are partly very famous at the moment, partly less famous, but for sure there are probably great personalities after behind these names, but what we need to have for a nomination is actually an introduction into the life and the activity of the person nominated. And in that respect, we have received in so far four nominations. And I would like to ask Vivi to read them to us because I think they make for good stories and entertainment. And they're also an excellent example of what we mean with that nomination standard we want to establish. Okay, so we have four very beautiful nominations here. And two of them are two new GRAFs are musicians. And the other two have something to do with water, but they work in very different fields. The first GRAF is called Pia Klemp. She's a German biologist 
and human rights activist. And she is a lifeguard and she worked for nature conservation organizations and she traveled around the oceans and founded the association Aquascope. And she's also the author of two books. Her passion is protecting our environment and protecting sea animals and rescuing lives. And when the refugee crisis occurred in 2015, she became captain of a boat to rescue people from the Mediterranean Sea. And her boat was called Juventa. Uh, with this boat, she and with her crew, of course, they rescued a lot of people. But then she got accused by the Italian government. She got accused for human trafficking. But nothing happened and she could continue working. But nevertheless, she had to show quite some courage and stick out her neck. And then her second boat was called Sea Watch 3. But then the, um, another government, they tried to, to take the boat away and to forbid the res rescuing people there. And then in 2020, Banksy, I think you all know him, the British street artist, he wrote to her, I've read about your story in the papers. You sound like a badass. I'm an artist from the UK and I've made some work about the migrant crisis. Obviously, I can't keep the money. Could you use it to buy a new boat or something? And that was the beginning of the MV Louise Michel. Um, it's a vessel renamed after the 19th century French feminist anarchist. So she went again and saved lives and her boats in total, they rescued about um, 14,000 lives. And that is really an impressive number. And um, she, she keeps fighting, and, but still she's very modest. And as an answer to this nomination, a member of her crew wrote, Thank you very much for the kind nomination. Nevertheless, we really don't want to see ourselves as heroes or anything like that. We really don't think it needs another light shown on white people. Instead, we want to stand in solidarity with people on the move and do not speak up for them. Our goal is to defend maritime law and rescue anyone in distress without prejudice. On board the Luz Michel, we believe that we are all individuals. Nationality should not make a difference to the rights we have and the way we treat each other. Yes. So that was Pia Klemp and the crew of the MV Louise Michel. Our second giraffe is Hubert Maria Dietrich. He is a German inventor <laughs> and um, he lives in Nuremberg. And um, he really is a, a creative mind and always invents new things and um, has plenty of ideas. First, when he was 30, he worked for IBM and he had a wonderful career in front of him and everything was normal. Everything was set and then he got married and with the birth of his first daughter, he thought, I have to do something. I can't pass on a world that is our world here. I have to do something that I can pass on something to my children with a good conscience. So 
he started, so he quitted his job and he started inventing things and he started with cleaning products. He actually investigated how can we do something with very simple means and still change the world and do something that show effect. So with his cleaning products, actually they're just water, natural water. And he made something very, very fascinating discoveries. The water is used to clean cars and to clean houses and to clean whatever you want to clean. But then he discovered that with this water, he can even, it can be even used in the medical field. And he started collaborating with doctors. And he also discovered that this water, and he has a very special technology to produce that water. And, but it's 100% natural and without a drop of chemistry. And now there is a, is an agricultural project going on. And I, two weeks ago, I tried those strawberries from this project and asparagus. And I never had strawberries that are this sweet and just juicy and perfect. I mean, and so red. And I, I never had strawberries like that. Uh, but this is only a side effect of the actual goal to revitalize the, the soil. Yes, yeah, so he's an inventor and um, he founded his company called Humanum. But he's also a musician and he composes songs and um, writes poems. And he wants to, to change the world from, from the inside and to reach people by touching their hearts with his poetry and with his concerts and to change the world from the outside with his products. Our third giraffe is called Kaduo Hadadi and his band, because he's a musician, his band is called Les Saltimbanques. They're a French band and they got very famous because of their song from last, from this winter. Um, the song is called Danser Encore and the ones that know the video, it's in, they, they start playing and it's full of joy and of happiness and they're men and women and children and young people and old people and they just dance and and are happy that they, that they're alive and they're coming more and more and more people and um, this video actually became quite well known and there were several flash mobs in many cities all around the world and um, yeah so that's his kind of activism and um, I will just read a part of the nomination. The song criticizes with much irony, but also clear words, the restrictions imposed by the governments, which led in particular to the closure of cultural venues. The lyrics are appealing, ironic, elegant. The melody is very catchy. The sound of the instruments and the vocal power impressive. In the dance, one recognizes the common joy of movement and also of touch and closeness. Not least probably because this has been impossible for quite some time. The mastermind behind the artist collective HK Irisaltambank is Kadu Hadadi, known as HK. HK is the son of an Algerian immigrant who is known in France as a classical left-wing singer-songwriter with ties to the labor movement. Yes.
And now our fourth giraffe is a musician as well. He's called Quentin Dujardin and he's a Belgic guitarist, a classical guitarist. And he started playing when he was a child and he was introduced to classical music by his father and studied in Belgium and um, gave many concerts. And then he became sort of a, a modern day nomad and traveled only with his guitar and gave concerts and played together with the people all around the world. So we, he also tried to reach people and no matter which color, which nationality, which language, which religion, and just try to give them happy moments and to open their hearts. And he was a, a voyageur in the outside world, but also in the, in the landscape of, of sound and emotion. And what is very touching about him is that he has this total devotion to, to his art and that he just wants to give it to the people. And it's, he spends his whole life doing this. And of course, for his, for him, it was an absolute catastrophe, this Corona crisis, because he couldn't travel anymore. There were no cultural events anymore. And you all know the scenario. And so part of the nomination says, in his eyes, sharing his music is a religion. Deprived of his art for almost a year, Quentin Dujardin decided on February 14, 2021 to give a concert in a church, respecting the strict conditions imposed on worship. All the legal consequences were thoroughly considered. A few days before the concert, the police called him and threatened to arrest him and to impose a fine of... 11,000 euros on him and the organizer. When he replied he would give the concert anyway, the baffled policeman who realized that this concert was in the first place a political action started to dialogue. In the end, the policeman and the guitarist agreed on the following scenario. Dujardin would be allowed to organize the event. The public would be limited to 15 people. Journalists and the camera would be granted full access. Then Dujardin would play one piece of music, after which the police would stop the concert, asking the guitarist for his identity card. The guitarist was summoned to court a few weeks later and was fully acquitted. The judge said that it's illegal and discriminating to allow religious services for 15 persons, but to forbid concerts for the same amount of people. So then he went on playing concerts and and just being active and even if the police still threatened him, he just went on to bring joy to people's lives. Yes, that were the four giraffes. And I think and now we'll go on to another musician giraffe. <laughs> yes. And there we are, at the end of the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. You'll find the stories of people sticking their necks out every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, our homepage, and every other place where you get your podcast. And if you subscribe, you don't have to look out for us. We'll be coming to you. Dear listeners, if there is a friend, a family member, an organization or someone you know who is doing a great work in the community, someone sticking their neck out, just nominate them as a giraffe hero or tell us about them. Come and visit us at giraffe-hidos.eu. 
My name is Jean-Pierre Aguiar Durañona and I hope you join us also on our social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. But more importantly, I hope you join us again next week. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation.